Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. Find me on Twitter at MuscleMush. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network, and this is episode 203. Today, we chat over Saints 2-1 win at Home Park, and we'll prepare to host Queen's Park Rangers next Saturday. Joining me is the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton, and Tim Bazance. Good afternoon, fellas. Oh, actually, good morning to you, Tim. Good morning, good morning. Good morning and happy birthday. Yeah, Thank happy birthday, Tim. Thank you very Tim. much. What a nice uh, birthday gift that Che Adams was able to provide. Yeah, a nice present for you. Yes, indeed. Um, I just want to say as well, bad luck to the Lionesses. I don't know if you guys had watched it, but uh, yeah, yeah, just lost the, the World Cup final to uh, Spain. Um, yeah, uh, unlucky. They just weren't good enough, were they? Nah, although, yeah, um, keeper, Snake Mary Herbs. Yeah, she, she, she had a fantastic thing, unfortunately. She had a good tournament, didn't she? Yeah, Spain did pretty well. Uh, I think their possession-based style that, that is traditional of Spain uh, did England in there, and they couldn't uh, counter it overall. Hmm. The goal, though, it was a bit... Um bit of an error from Lucy Bronze. So yeah, got what we deserve. But yeah, they played well, didn't they? It's just uh, not well enough. 
tell you who else is playing quite well. Saints. Uh, it seems to be a good start under Russell Martin. Uh, the, the late show on Saturday. Che Adams to the rescue. Right place, right time again. Uh, keeping up his record of scoring in every league game this season. That's three and three, just like Adam Armstrong. Probably deserved the points on the balance of play. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a tough day in Devon, Kev. Yeah, I mean, we didn't think it was going to be easy, but yeah, you, you would have thought that we would be the better side. Didn't keep a clean sheet, sheet again. That's becoming a recurring theme, isn't it? Took the lead and couldn't keep it uh, again. It seems to be a bit of a recurring theme. Uh, and yeah, again, last minute heroics from Shea Adams. Again, seems to be a bit <laughs> of a theme. Yeah, I can see a theme going there. But the one thing that we did seem to break was we didn't concede from a set piece. So that was always good. Uh, yeah. Snatched actually, that. Actually scored from one. We did, yeah. Yeah, makes a change. Uh, Tim, that's three games into the new campaign, if you don't include the, the yeah, Carabao Cup, sorry. Uh, that's 1-2, drawn one, uh, remain undefeated on seven points. Top of the league for a short amount of time as well. But I don't know, the pessimist in me says, you know, the two teams that we played out of the three were in League One last season. But then again, you and Ipswich are top of the table and they've had three wins from three. So it doesn't really matter. And you can, you only play who's in front of you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we knew with the season coming in, August was uh, a time to build out the framework for Russell Martin's system. And I think that it's coming into its own. I think that we will have great games where we're going to be completely dominant against mid-table or even upper-table teams. And then we're going to have stinkers of game two where we're just not going to be able to break down their lines because they're going to be full stop, you know, park the bus and just don't want to have to deal with our ridiculous amount of passing. So to me, uh, coming in, especially if we get a QPR win, uh, win that means we've had, three, you know, we've taken all but two points set the foundation for what is going to be an atrocious September lineup of five games in a row. Uh, and uh, overall, in, if things aren't necessarily gelling right away, we are scraping by the points when that's how winning teams do it. And exactly. that's how teams are going to push for the promotion. You need to get the points. You don't give, you know, you don't want to give them up. So, you know, we, made a draw into a win twice. We made, uh, you know, a loss go into a draw and keep pushing on because that's what you really, really we need. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. But yeah, I mean, it was a very good win at the death anyway, and we, we did have to work hard for it. And then personally, I've taken away some, some new respect for Steve Schumacher and Argyle and what they've achieved in recent seasons. So they've done well. It was quite an open game. It was quite entertaining as well. So yeah, it was, um, it was definitely Definitely great to come away with the three points, but a draw wouldn't have been such a bad thing, I think, especially playing there. They, they seem to be quite formidable at home park. But before we get into the news, I uh, just want to say if anyone's interested in joining our Discord, then, yeah, just get in touch. I can join in with all our in-game discussions, post-game, pre-game, our predictions league, fantasy football, fantasy uh, championship. You can do all that. It's all, it's all fun. It's completely free still. Um, so if you want to join, then just just get in touch and we'll um we'll get you in there. Um, and also, if you're enjoying the show, then show your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. OK, right. Uh, ITN News then, chaps. This is ITN in that number news. 
Okay, ITN News. Right, we'll start with... I don't want to go into James Ward-Prowse anymore unless you wanted to read his uh, goodbye message, Kev. Uh, no, I don't, want tears, I don't want tears on my birthday. <laughs> okay, no, we won't. We, I mean, it's, it's, it's been done. We, 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 we spoke about James Ward-Prowse last week, and we, we, we've, you know, we've put that to bed. We, we'll move on. Um, it's la- like, you know, we've been expecting it for so long. It's over now. Um, we just need to kind of try to move on. Yeah. Difficult as it may be does leave a big hole in the team but uh, yeah new era new era and shay charles is filling in quite nicely small bone too so yeah let's um let's bring in some more players as well by the end of the window but yeah another one has gone and another one that we we expected uh lavia he did decide on chelsea in the end um that's yeah what we expected 58 million pounds signed a seven-year who signs a seven-year deal these days but i guess you know chelsea spent about a billion quid on transfers in just over a year and it's just their way of trying to get around financial fair, fair play but as a business though this is fantastic isn't it because it just like the tino deal um, yeah but, but then again just like tino you're, we're losing a key key player but well not, i mean un, me. unlike prousey and tino uh we managed to get uh, a bidding war going i mean liverpool were um fucking about with 40 something million offers when they knew uh, we quite clearly stated 50 and he's yours. And then Chelsea come in and uh, steal the show. I'm kind of a bit disappointed for him because I think Liverpool would have been a better move. I think he's, he would have yeah. seen more playing time because uh, Liverpool have got quite a, uh, some shortage of uh, midfield players and uh, Chelsea have got a surfeit. I mean, they've just spent how much? Like two, three hundred million or something ridiculous. Mm, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we touched on that last week, didn't we? That, yeah. um, it would probably be a better move if he went to Liverpool, um, but obviously chose Chelsea. And actually on that, Tim, uh, the, I mean, I'm looking I'm looking at Chelsea's midfield and it looks like that new midfield for Chelsea will be Enzo Fernandez, Moises Casido and, and Lavia. Uh, do you expect them all to play as a three? Because that's pretty much what Chelsea fans are expecting at the moment. So it's a little tough because I feel like uh, Enzo has more of an eight. Uh, Caicedo uh, is definitely more of that six. And and Lavia is a six. So to me, I think in a double pivot where you're playing a more defensive structure and you're playing against a team like Liverpool that they did last week, that might be a great setup for them if they want to throw, if they want to throw that double pivot in. But to me, I think that Nukuku is going to be playing that 10 role. You're going to see Caicedo play the six, and you're going to see Enzo Fernandez play the eight. And I think that's going to be their primary lineup. And the Lavia is going to rotate in based on injury and playing who they're playing. Uh, so I think he'll get a decent amount of playing time. I think he'll probably feature in, if he no injuries, obviously. I think he'll be able to feature in 20, 25 games this season. And... Mm. He secured himself a financial windfall because at seven, you know, at seven years, he's guaranteed so much money that if he ends up getting injured or he ends up being terrible, um, he he's locked in for this this rate for a long period of time. So that's the choice that people are the the, the kids are making at Chelsea. So it could be completely. Uh, I mean, it could be completely fantastic for them if if many of them turn out successful. Whereas if many of them are absolute crap, they're stuck with terrible contracts for a long period of time that amortization is going to catch up with them over eventually. Yeah, and it's, it says something, doesn't it? When a team spends £58 million on, on a player, then you don't actually know if he's going to start a game. But yeah, I hope I hope he does get enough game time. Like I said, I think he probably would have started every single game for Liverpool. 
uh, if he was fit. Um, I don't think that's going to happen at Chelsea. But yeah, like Tim said, I still I still think he's going to get a good a good amount of games, like 75% if he's fit. And he obviously felt that was a good move for him. Maybe it was a geography thing as well, Kev. I mean, maybe uh, you know, moving to London rather than than going up north. I don't know. I wouldn't imagine it would make a huge amount of difference. Anyway, uh, the fans forum was uh, was on in the week. Did you did you guys watch? Did you listen or anything? Yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, yep, definitely you... listened to it. Excellent. And what did you take away from it? Was there anything uh, interesting that you thought, Kev? I think I mean the big headline is um, the way that he backed Pizzuno. Mm. Um, Martin backs Baza. Uh, so there was a question about reinforcing the spine of the team. Um, with, with height? Or is that a different question? Because I, I, uh, I saw that one. That was a separate question, I mm. think. I think he was just talking about um, yeah, getting a central defender in, central midfielder, goalkeeper, um, that sort of thing. And straight away, he was, was kind of a bit antagonistic. It's like, well, yeah, I, I don't think we need it. Um, yeah, we definitely don't need a new goalkeeper. We've got our number one keeper. Because you know he's doing a great job, and uh, yeah, the whole crowd's got sort of claps. I was really surprised because, um, yeah, I mean, it's quite a lot of the time the fans get on his back. Uh, I mean, us included, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, um, and yeah, he pretty much said that he's he's aware of the uh, what the speculation of of him is, which is nice. Yeah. He knows that there's a lot of pressure on him, and he's just got to manage that now, I guess. But there is that narrative, and yeah, he. he doesn't follow it, so I suppose we've got to go and back the manager now and just, uh, you know, admit that, yeah, Bazzini's going to be a number one keeper. Mm-hmm. Just got to live with him. Yeah, and, and, and he looks like a confident lad. He seems he, he seems really, really confident and really happy in training and I, stuff. I was and... kind of thinking, I suppose it's maybe, you know, in the back of your mind coming out of that and going to this match and uh, seeing the way he performs, you know, do, will that give him a bit more confidence? I suppose it would, you know, it's not, you can't ignore that. And, um, yeah, maybe he wasn't sure, you know, the new goalkeeper's coming in, maybe possibly Maka going, so it would be someone to replace him. Is he going to be someone who's going to be potentially seen as number one? Or, you know, is his spot um, under threat or not? Uh, but, yeah, he looked very confident listening. I think that's what he needs. He needs a manager like Russell Martin now, after the, especially after the season that he's had, for someone to mm-hmm. come up and back him like that and start him every single game and say look this is you're our number one you're the future of this team and that's we're not going away from that tim did you did you take anything away from the forum yeah there's two things that i can take away from one being they're very open and honest about things which was kind of nice and there was fairly like a decent amount of transparency with especially when the guy asked a question about the lobby bid Yep, we accepted, you know, we accepted an offer from Liverpool. We accepted, you know, we're accepted an offer with Chelsea and we're negotiating with him right now. I was like, wow, just completely just nip every other question, you know, potential question that can stem from it in, in the bud. And so, I, was, I suppose that was that, all that was all out in the open, though, before the uh, fans forum, wasn't it? It was the, all in the, the news. The Flynn Downs one got, um, got me. Right? I was just like, yeah, yeah, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's coming. Yeah. yeah, and he said about you know the the medical hasn't happened because he's been ill this week, uh, which will be. And he said also said it will be done this week. It does seem Tim that it's quite yeah an honest and mm-hmm. uh, e- yeah. easy easy questions to deal with. Just yeah, move on next one and uh, honest opinions. No, I mean if you look back to what um, Sport Republic's one was like, goodness me, they went trying to uh, defend Nathan Jones and defend all the decisions that they've made over the past year. That was uh, it was quite a nasty listen, but this one I seems think much better. It, it was a good decision not to bring back Christmas anchors for this. Yeah, 
definitely. Because mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think Russell Martin would have got any questions at him. <laughs> <laughs> the the second thing I took away from it was you can take Russell Martin, you can take any manager, and you put him in a press room where they are expecting questions and really probably have a you know a ninety percent understanding of what's going to be asked of them. Whereas at the fan forum, there could be a little few things here and there that they wouldn't be able to, um, they wouldn't get from the media. And the direct question of how do you think our, you know, our goalkeepers are looking, that wouldn't be a direct question that the media would ask. They'd ask in it more of a broad sense. And he went up and stepped up and said, yeah, this is what, uh, this is what uh, our goalkeeper situation is. And to me, uh, I think his overall though, uh, Russell Martin's charisma was, he's, he's, he's a smooth operator. Yeah. He's, he's very likable, isn't he? I don't think there's been a fan that has, has anything to criticize him on just yet. Not, you know, just, not just performances on the field. I just mean in general, the way that he conducts himself to the media and everything, everyone seems to be riding along with him. He's quite humble, isn't he? He's refreshingly kind of, uh, after Nathan Jones, very refreshingly uh, humble <laughs> and this self-deprecating humour. Um, yeah. Yeah, saying about the, his, his big nose or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a bit... Oh, yeah, he said about the mic, didn't he? He said he's, yeah, uh, yeah. he can't get too close to the mic because his nose is going to hit it and, or something, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's Monty Python, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, there's a couple of weird questions, as there always is. Um, oh, the, st- the stewards. Um, well, are we? I, that if the, the one from the disabled fan. I think that was a you know a reasonable. Um, no, gr- no it, gr- it is. It is though because um, where I don't forget where I sit yes. on the corner is where they um always warm up. I've been and there as well, yeah. They, the stewards do have conversations right in the middle of play when they're just coming mm-hmm. down. They they do a changeover and. But, you know, this guy asked, can they not do a changeover when there's, you know, a, a breakout or, or something's happening on the field? Yeah. But to be fair to the um, stewards, they're not going to be they're not supposed to be watching the game to be able to know when that's happening. And they're not going to time it like that, really, are they? But they do. Yeah, get the way I get what he means. They've got a supervisor who'll know um, and can probably signal. Yeah, do it now. Yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, no, that, I think that, you know, these um, and this is the this is the place. This is the forum for those kind of things that the. Uh, um, people running the club wouldn't necessarily notice um you know because they're not sat everywhere in the stadium they don't know what the fan experience is so i think that, that was legitimate but yeah i mean somebody I, I didn't actually hear it on when i was listening to it but i um, saw people on twitter afterwards moaning about somebody um asking a question about the swearing <laughs> oh, i didn't even see that or hear that I, I didn't hear that but i heard the one about um uh, can, can we welcome the away fans? Back? No. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what do you want to welcome them for? You want to roll out a red carpet? No. It's supposed to be a fortress. You're supposed to make it uncomfortable for them and the fans. Yeah, I mean, you make it comfortable uh, enough for them as it is, like sticking them right there in the northern behind the goal. Exactly. And giving them a whole half to cheer their team on, you know. No, Not sticking up in the gods like some places do. Yeah. Newcastle. Um, although, you know, I would say um, uh, Brighton did, uh, well, uh, you know, as an, uh, an away, away fan experience, um, it did seem, it's like it's um, got the impression that it was, like, run by Southampton, like, because the um, the catering seemed to be identical to St Mary's. There were signs saying, thank you for travelling X number of miles, which I think the, uh, that that was part of the question, wasn't it? Can we, can we be doing that? How, How does he know? 
I don't know. Does he pick up complaints from the away fans themselves? Does he go up and interview them? What do you think about the away experience? Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Or maybe he's, he's just a travelling person that just goes to every single ground and t- tries yeah, but out. how does he know what it's like at St Mary's? You know, it's the one away end that I'm never going to go to. I don't care what it's like. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, interesting that you took that away from it, Kev. But yeah, but, yeah no, it's, it's always fun to have a laugh about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I didn't know about it, so yeah. Moving on then, unless you've got anything else to say about the forum, guys. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, t- two more games selected for TV coverage, and they've been moved to an earlier kickoff as a consequence. Our home game against Leeds uh, on the 30th of September has now been pushed to a 2:30 kickoff, uh, and then three days later at Stoke on the 3rd of October is now an eight o'clock kickoff. So yeah. Will Smallbone injury update. This is weird because I'm getting mixed signals here from um, from Russell Martin because he said after the Norwich game, if you remember, he took a whack on the ankle um, that it's going to be months rather than weeks. So he's missed training all week um, and the Plymouth trip, obviously. But then he said that he's not concerned and he's taking it day by day and, and it's coming along nicely. So that sounds to me that it will, in fact, be weeks rather than months. And I don't know if this is just a ploy to deter any potential buyers because he's confirmed there has been a bid from Sheffield United already. And he's only got oh, one year. Yeah, he's had a bid had a bid from Sheffield United for him and he's only got one year left on his current deal. But I mean there is plans to give him a new one. But I don't know, I'm just getting get I mean Tim, did you did you uh, get anything from his from his injury because he did say at first it was going to be months. Now it just seems like it's progressing nicely and it I can't if you know, I can't he's not concerned about it. I can't see it being months. Potentially we're looking at well months from now you're looking at November. I can't see it being that long, really, surely. Uh, so my interpretation of it is he recognized that there was a severe a severity of the injury. It was pretty severe in that it, we got rolled up on. It could be ligaments. It could be a, a number of different things. And they don't want to obviously tell all the details associated with it. Whereas what I feel he feels confident in is that he continually progressed in his recovery within that first week which shows that if he had a significant injury that wouldn't be able to be recovered except for a surgery or a long stay out, uh, that would be the troublesome where it's the months. Whereas if he felt there was progression and a little bit of strength here and there, even if it's a small bit, that's where the weeks comes back into play. So for and against, Mm. you really don't know. But I think that he feels that the recovery period is – in there there is a continual recovery therefore it's better than he feels it would, could have been yeah i mean i i don't get the sense that there's any surgery or if there's any roll on it i think it was just a heavy whack and it's just a heavy bruising possibly and obviously you need to support your weight on the ankle and all that so i'm guessing it's just that's why he was saying day by day but yeah no 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 news on any surgery or anything but then again if there was i don't think you'd be saying it at this point so yeah um kevin Theo Walcott, he's retired from football at the age of 34. Uh, yeah. Bit of a shock. I thought that he might have, you know, um, a last move to the MLS or something like that in him, but uh, apparently not. Or Saudi. Oh, God, do, you, do you think he's the type no. to go to Saudi? No. I don't think he is. No, but again, I, I still think, yeah, he's got a couple more years. He could be playing championship football still. I still think there was a role for him at Southampton, if I'm being honest, and, but obviously not choosing to renew his stay and letting him go. Maybe he was waiting to see if there was a, a club that came in for him, and if there, if there isn't, then he'll, he'll make a decision then, because he never announced it straight away, did he? 
Um, it's a bit early, yeah. Isn't the transfer window for the MLS still open? Yeah, transfer window still open over here as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the kind of movie. He's not going to get to um, a Premier League team, I don't think. So, no. yeah, I don't think the Championship is able to accommodate any team and the Championship is able to accommodate his wages. So it would have been that kind of move, you know, last time. Turkey maybe the United hmm. States but maybe he just doesn't fancy it or he's got plans for something else media coaching who knows hopefully I, we haven't seen the last of him hopefully he does something oh definitely not something no, around the city he's a good he's a he's a, he's a, he's a clever lad. he's a big name and he's quite eloquent so you know I think hmm. whatever he does decide to do he'll be successful yeah um transfer news then uh this this is quite um quite interesting actually quite nice it's good to hear one thing that uh, Russell Martin has said uh, in the week he's hoping for more than one or two signings um, which is excellent really because I mean, he's not including Flynn Downs in that because as he said he's going to complete a season long loan deal uh, in the week um, but there has been some rumours of um, incomings also mostly at centre back really I mean there's been Zach Viner at um, Bristol City there's uh, Mason Holgate uh, from Everton that was a, a loan. Uh, there's Taylor, Hayward, uh, Howard Bellis from Man City. Yeah, that, that uh, Howard Bellis one, it seems like that would be quite a good fit for Saints. I mean, he spent, he spent last year on loan at Burnley. So didn't Burnley, he? yes, right. And again, he seems like the perfect fit for us because we're, we're light at centre-back. He's young. He plays for Man City. And most importantly, he has a double-barreled surname. So Yeah, THB. Yeah. SFC, yeah. So, yeah, there's Viner, there's Holgate, there's, there's uh, Howard Bellis, and there's also a 16-year-old goalkeeper that they've got their eye on as well. But uh, Arsenal are also interested in him. Uh, Callan McKenna, a goalkeeper from oh, Queen's Park. Sorry. So, yeah, we'll have to track that. Queen's Park Rangers or Queen's Park in Scotland? Uh, Queen's Park in Scotland. So, yeah, there's some. Uh, that, that's all I'm hearing on the incomings. Are you guys got any more interesting incomings, centre-back or not? Um, potential swap deal with Genk for... Joseph Pencil and uh, Paul on action. Yeah, that was last week, wasn't it? I don't think we... Uh, Did we not mention that? Did not, no. OK, uh, yeah, I've, I think if we get anything from on action, it would be a bonus. Um, yeah, I'd definitely, definitely try to check that deal. Just a, a, a really smart. It's like um, a kind of constant reminder of that desperate January window, um, which was so symptomatic of... Uh, the situation the club was in, that we did another Guido Carrillo. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's, you know, still lingering around the same way that Guido was. Um, he's going to have to go out on loan if if we can't get a deal for him, doesn't he? Yeah, just get him out. Just get him out anyway for now. Someone, someone will take him with an option to buy. Um, I mean, yeah, I would say the same for Arriba and Mara that I don't really see them as part of Ross Martin's plan, but I mean, well, brought, them, uh, brought them on yesterday. Brought didn't them it? both on yesterday. Yeah, he took Joe, uh, Stuart Armstrong off for Joe Rebo. Um, he, he does seem to like Joe Rebo. He's played him. He's brought him on. He's been involved uh, quite a lot under him. Mm. So maybe he wants to keep him around. I don't know. Maybe. Um, just what I remember about I know actually you went to that um open training session, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I don't, don't know if you saw, but I watched the, some of the video that the media team put out and. Uh, on action looked absolutely just completely drained. Yeah, just, there was a there was a, an image of him like sat against the advertising. Yeah, he just there, collapsed just like, against the advertising audience. It was just too much for him. I don't. And, yeah, it didn't even seem that vigorous to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I got the impression that and 
I went to last year's one, but you know they took it a little bit easier for the for the crowd, obviously. <laughs> it's still too much for an Ajax. Yeah. Mind-boggling that they they looked at him and saw a Premiership player. Madness. Not even a Championship player, but yeah. Uh, Tim, have you heard any more incomings at all? Before we talk about uh, the only thing is the Mason Holgate one, but besides mm. that, that's uh, that's it. Okay. Um, out, outgoing. Oh, sorry, Kev, are you still? Oh, I was just going to say that would be exciting if it did happen. I take that, yeah, definitely. Yeah, outgoings then. We've had more bids. So this is this is where it's at at the moment. This is what the the talk of the club is. Apart from you know the results, it, it's all the bids for our top players that are still here. Um, yes, yeah, so I say more bids, more turned down. To me, uh, Nathan Teller to Leverkusen um, and Che Adams to Everton. Uh, and something that uh, uh, Russell Martin has said, he's praised them all for you know not kicking down the door and you know basically downing tools against you know all this uncertainty that's over them and that they show up to training and they're putting in the same amount of effort. They're not sulking. They're just getting on with it. And, and in, you know, I can see it in the training as well. They genuinely look happy to be here in spite what Burnley fans are saying about Teller. And, you know, we've, we've seen in, yeah, we've seen in the past that players who are subject to bids that don't give the club their everything. You know, I'm not I've seen that recently. I, I think, you know, Lavia most recently and um, ADK and Saliso, I think. Saliso, definitely. All... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to name any names, but, you know, Lovren, just have. Yeah. <laughs> Van Dijk, Lalana. I mean, it's it's yeah. they're all Liverpool ones as well, aren't they? But, yeah, it's great. It's great to see that at least on a match day, they're not letting it affect them at all. Because, I mean, Stuart Armstrong, Stuart Armstrong sorry, Trey Adams looks so happy to be here. He's not sulking him. He's doing his interviews still. He's getting on with it. Russell Martin's seen that as well. And, he, and he's you know, he's praising his players publicly for it, which is really, really good to see. Um, but yeah, Nathan Teller, Leverkusen, 18 million euros. That's about 15 and a half million pounds. I don't think that's worth it, to be honest. Um, and I, I get I get the impression that uh, Jason Wilcox is, we, we, although he's not going to say it, Saints are a selling club. And if they get the money for anyone, they're going to let them go. Nathan Teller, Chadham, whatever. They just think I they can just do it. I don't think it. so. I, I think if Burnley had come in uh, for Teller towards the beginning of the window for 18 million um, and Teller was up for it, I think that move would have happened. But now that that hasn't, I think he's going to stay put. Well, the time's running out, isn't yeah. it? Uh, but the, the, I just I think they've got the money. They, they, they can reinvest. And now that Che Adams' 12 million bid from Everton is a ridiculous amount of money, if you ask me, uh, I think he's worth more than that to us. Yeah, maybe uh, not to them, but he's worth more than that to us. Yeah, and I don't know. Is it me? Am I reading too much into this, Tim? But it does Russell, is Russell Martin not as keen on Che as we all are? Because, I mean, there was a bid earlier in the window. Uh, he later said that if he or Adam Armstrong were to leave, then we just replaced him. Like, you know, yeah, who cares? We just replaced him. He's continued to sit on the bench. Uh, Plymouth game was obviously the exception. And now there's fresh bid from Everton, and he's admitted that he had expected him to leave. Again, saying that he'll replace him. Do you get the sense that he's always prepared for his exit and he's just been planning for life without him? Well, if you're a manager, you need to have a plan A and a plan B and a plan C all the way set up. So I think he's a little more bold than I would have expected him to be uh, about talking with Che Adams. I think he would have said that, yes, Che's a great player. There's been a lot of interest and we, you know, we love having him on the team. And if he if he were to leave, well, we would definitely miss him. Like that's the I think that's the the maximum he should have said. Whereas he seems to be very businesslike in that it's a business transaction. Ultimately, it's because he has one year left on his contract, and 
whether he wants to stay here or not. Uh, Che's not putting up a fight, and he's doing a great job of mm. playing in the team and being, you know, three three goals and three, uh, you know, fantastic for him. Um, I just, uh, I think it's all business. Yeah, and he's not even kicking off the fact that he's on the bench either. You've got a player that that is subject to a lot of bids, apparently so. Everton, the latest one, he's been named on the bench quite a few times. Obviously, the, as I said, the Plymouth one, he wasn't. Uh, and he's still getting on and doing it, and he's still not showing any signs of wanting to go, which is, is really, really good to see. And as we record today, we have 12 days of the summer window remaining, and we, we still don't know how many more of our you know, top players are going to be leaving and how many are going to be coming in. Uh, we still have the likes of like Kyle Walker-Peters, who's definitely Premier League quality. You've got Armel Belakotchev, who's just disappeared. Nobody knows where he is. Uh, Suleimana is still injured, so there's, there's going to be a lot of interest from him, surely. People like... Um, Ramon Perro as well, who's on the bench at the moment for Ryan Manning. He's back, but he's not playing. Um, I don't think he's going to be here. Um, and then, you know, is there going to be a higher bid for the likes of Smallbone? I don't know. You have to think that more key players are going to be leaving, right? There, there's going to be. And the obvious one is Che. But I just think, surely he can't go to Everton because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to jump the gun here, but the teams are likely to cross paths next season. So you, you cannot imagine that's the right move for him at this time. Um, yeah, I don't. No, I don't think he's going to be the main goal scorer the, uh, the way that he is here. Uh, and we have to keep Chad. Like yesterday showed that he's he's fighting to the success of his team in the championship. Um, as for the other players, and we're getting to the point where we're seeing the squad is going to be thinning. We're only a couple of injuries away from uh, some problems. So anyone that goes out needs to be replaced. And I, I think we're running out of time to... Um, to get replacements in, bearing in mind that the other clubs, if you know we're buying their players, they're going to need to find replacements as well. We're in the middle of that chain, mm. so, so I don't think we're going to see many outgoing. So you know, there could be famous last words. Mm. Lianco as well, still, still not talking about Lianco. Yeah, I mean, if we can get rid of some of that trust, that yeah, I mean, we completely forgot about um, hey, ABK. No, I did say him. I did mention him. No, no, no. I mean, um, just that uh, we'd already sort of. In our back of our minds, already sold him, but he's still he's here. He's still hanging he, around, yeah. He needs to go. Um, and yeah, Onu actually needs to be, to be off the books somehow. And yeah, a couple of Lianco, uh, yeah, he's not going to be part of Russell Martin's plans. Um, they took away his shirt number, uh, had that, mm. uh, that, that move to Turkey that didn't quite turn out. Um, didn't quite work out. So yeah. Now he didn't find look happy. For him. Yesterday, no. he didn't look happy when they were um, celebrating the win coming off the pitch yesterday. He was just walking around on his own and he didn't look like he wanted to be there. So Yeah, I do feel sorry for him because mm. uh, yeah, I think if he was you know, promised that he'd have you know, some game time at least, I think he uh, is quite an easy one to please. But um, yeah, no, he's got to make it back to Brazil or somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Tim, it's the 2nd of September right now. OK, will Trey Adams still be a saint? Oh, God. Oh, uh... <sighs> Yes, because I'm optimistic. Okay, what about Teller? Yes, because I'm optimistic. What about Walker Peters? Funny thing about Walker Peters is that we've always, I mean, I expected him to leave all the way throughout this window at the end of last season because, like I said, he is a Premier League quality player. But has there been a bid for him? Has anyone actually put a bid in for him? And, and if they haven't, why haven't they? And surely it's only a matter of time. So, yeah, Walker Peters, is, is he a saint on September the 2nd? Yes, because I'm optimistic. <laughs> 
Kevin, same, yeah, question, I same, think, same question. I think things are quiet for a reason. I don't think that there, that there have been those Premier League teams to come in and print that we expected them to. So Still time? I, 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 no, I, I think that's it. Okay, and and Che and, and, and Teller? Yeah, also. Also, I think that it's going to be... Now It's a, we've got the money that um, we needed for our star players that have left. We've had that exodus. Uh, we need to get a little bit of dross off the books. And, um, yeah, a couple of loans, uh, uh, I hate the fact that in. I hate the fact that you're calling Lianco Dross our former. Yeah, you know I love the guy, but um, yeah, clearly it's not going to work out from this season. If he doesn't go now, it'll have to be in January, and rather sooner than later, so he can get some game time. I'm going to be a real downer here. I'm going to say that Che leaves. I'm going to say he's a Premier League oh. player by the, by the end of the window. Um, and I also think I think Teller will stay, and I also think that uh, Kyle Walker Peters will be gone. Just my feeling. I, I think there's going to be a last-minute bid for Kyle Walker Peters, and um, someone will have him um, again. But then we, you know, we need to spend big money. You know, getting in Joe, Joe Peru. That's going to take quite a big fee, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Talking there, twenty million maybe for him. Yeah, and we'll need another fullback. I mean, definitely. Arguably, we. We need one anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Our right, our backup right back is James Bree, and I don't think he's really got other tanks. No, no, he stinks like Bree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said, I said it, didn't I? Uh, when Nathan Jones left, that he'd never play in Saints again, but you know, he's popped up here and there. Um, yeah, I, really I guess it's because we all figured that he, you know, he played so well for Luton in the Championship that he, he would just slot in at Saints, you know, seamlessly there and. Uh, it wouldn't be a problem. And when we got relegated, we said even if we do get rid of Kyle Walker Peters, we've still got Tino uh, and we've still got James Bray as a backup. Obviously, Tino's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might need to be called up again, but yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, moving on from there. Uh, by the way, I was looking yesterday, uh, Leon, I was looking at the French League to see how Leon were getting because we've got a couple of ex Saints there. We've got uh, Chalette Sarr, who's obviously still um, a Saints player, but he's on loan with an option to buy. Uh, and Maitland Niles as well. Um, and they got dicked 4 1 at home uh, to Montpellier yesterday. So, uh, Hell. yeah, there's two losses from two. And Leon, a rock bottom of League 1. So, oh. they don't even they win the league a couple of seasons. Yeah. But it's them two. This is why we got relegated. It's them two. It's the bloody double barreled names. <laughs> they, 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 they're bad omens so yeah good luck Leon uh, yeah under 21s they played at the Snow Stadium against Aston Villa on Friday night uh, you were there weren't you I, I did go to that one yeah I had, I've got, I had the weekend off of work so I thought oh, it's the first time I'm not going to be able to I don't have to get up in the morning so I thought I'd just go up the road and, and take it in and a very good game yeah 4-2 win and another hat-trick from Don Ballard Captain Ballard um, that's two in a, in a row now isn't it two hat-tricks in a row um, and he was rewarded with a place on the bench at home park. So, yeah. Actually, I joked, didn't I, on the on the Discord? I don't know if you saw, but when he got taken off at about 60 minutes, I said, maybe they've just said to him, right, off you go, get to Plymouth now. And maybe maybe that actually did happen. I, I don't know. But, uh, well, he was in the squad, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on the bench. So it was, um, yeah, great. Uh, by the way, the fourth goal uh, of that game was scored by Tyler Dibbling, and it was definitely the best one. It was uh, when it was 3-2, and Aston Villa were pressing, and it was, oh, this is going to be a draw. But then Tyler Dibbling scored a beauty, and, uh, yeah. Really good. So if you do get a chance to watch the highlights, check that one out because it was brilliant. Uh, and they play Liverpool next on Friday the 25th at Snow Stadium again. Um, and that's seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, the women, uh, two more signings. They've got Atlanta Primus from uh, London City Lionesses. She's a 26-year-old Jamaican forward and she's just returned from the World Cup in Australia. So she sounds like a transformer. <laughs> she does, yeah. 
Um, and Chelsea forward Emma Thompson. Um, she's apparently she's a natural goal scorer and she's from the Chelsea Academy. So she's scored a lot of goals down there. So, yeah, that's another welcome addition. Uh, they obviously haven't started uh, their season yet. Uh, under 18s, they played yesterday. They lost 2-0 to Aston Villa at Staplewood. OK, right. Plymouth then. Good day out. Yeah, first league meeting since 2010-11 and we won that 3-1. Uh, both games that season actually were won by the away side. You're looking to win back-to-back league wins at Home Park for the first time since 1932. <laughs> so, yeah, we did that uh, with a 2-1 win, obviously. Uh, the starters then, uh, two changes. We've got uh, Gavin Bazzini keeping his place, obviously. Kyle Walker-Peters, Captain Jack, Yanni B, Manning at the back. Uh, Charles, Stu, Teller, Adozi, Adam Armstrong and Che Adams. Uh, first start for Che. Adam Armstrong kind of slipped deeper back. Uh, and, and Shea Charles replaced the injured Will Smallbone. Uh, pretty decent starting eleven. Pretty, you know, the best he could possibly do with it. You've got to be happy with that, Kevin. Yeah, I, mean, I think we were not sure what he was going to do, um, how he was going to correct midfield with our uh, injury problems. So yeah, that makeshift midfielder Armstrong Charles and Armstrong. Um, yeah, a little bit worrying maybe before the match, but um, it seemed to work out all right. I mean, we all know how much work Adam Armstrong puts in. And oh, for sure. You said it, uh, after the Sheffield Wednesday game that he, he when he started at the, you know as a number nine right in the centre on his own that he just kind of like drifts deep anyway. He doesn't stay where he is. There's uh, you can get him the balls into the box, but he's obviously been tracking back and doing his defensive duty, so he's not there to stay. So mm. this might be a good thing moving forward for Adam Armstrong to maybe have that sort of deeper role and then just use. Che up top on his own. Yeah, I mean, it's good that he's flexible like that. And, um, yeah, he, he had a very good game. Yeah, he did, yeah. He certainly did. I'd say, were you happy with the lineup? Was there anything you would have uh, liked to have seen different? Well, the biggest thing that was noticeable was Alcaraz, without any notice, being out of the, out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. And so with that, uh, what do you do? We had Smallbone out and we had Alcaraz out. So that's two of our guaranteed starters in the midfield. So you've got Shea Charles, who came up, step in, in as the sixth, who probably was either going to be a backup or, you know, perennial sub for a bit. Then Stu, throw into the eight, which I don't know if that's his best position. I think he's better on the wing or maybe a little bit forward. And then Adam Stern dropping back. So I think that's some is a makeshift midfield that I felt there was disconnect throughout the, the game. Um, but to me... I couldn't tell you a better lineup. And the only other player on the bench who slotted in as a center mid is Arebo. And he's got no pace. He might be good on the ball, but uh, he, he isn't what we needed uh, to, to start. No, and that's quite the only other question. I think, especially moving forward now, is um, Sam Amamiya. When's he going to get his start? And I think if he does, he's going to he's gonna have to take the place of Sam Adozi maybe and then slip him over on the left. But... Um, I don't think there's any need to change it right now. He's not doing anything terrible, is he, uh, Sam Adozi? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with the lineup. With the, with, I, I, I happen to like uh, Stu Armstrong playing there. I happen to like um, Adam Armstrong playing there. I think I think it's pretty decent. I think both of those will give you everything. They would just keep running around, and I think you need that in the engine room, definitely. And Shea Charles, I think he was brilliant against uh, against Plymouth. So I think that's going to work out nicely. Um yeah, and a 2-1 win, like we say. Uh, Nathan Teller opened the scoring, of course. 
Uh, Ryan Hardy, 90 seconds later, uh, and Shay Adams at the back stick to claim the points, um, took us to the top of the championship for a short time as well. So, yeah, and as I mentioned, Kev, not a set-piece goal conceded. So that was... Uh, that was very pleasing. I mean, I don't even know how many corners they had. It must have been even about two or three. But still, whenever they have a or you know deep line free kicks that just jump into the box, it just makes me almost shit my pants. So uh, that was um that was nice nice that we didn't concede from that way. But yeah, but, yeah. they only had the five. All right, okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, a fairly even match I thought. Um, Plymouth looked to attack down the flanks, mostly down the left with Mumba. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, and I, I think, I don't know, I haven't got the stats in front of me right now, but I think this was the most shots that we faced this season. So I think Schumacher's game plan was to tack down the left and just put on shots outside. Maybe they saw, they saw a weakness in Bazuno also. But um, that's what it looked like they were doing. And we were playing that high line again, which is what we're, we expect now, because Matt Manning and Walker-Peters took up positions in Plymouth's area on average, uh, and Bednarik was the only deep defender that we had and then if you look at theirs, like by contrast, Manning was higher up the field than Bali Mumba was. Um, so, yeah, we it's now usual Russell Martin style. It, it's, it's patient. You know, try and keep the ball, try and you know, make these fast movements and lots of sharp, uh, short passing. But I don't know. It just really didn't go anywhere in that first half, did it, Ken? Not in the first half. It was a bit of a non-starter, wasn't it? Mm. Can't remember um, much. Um I think Stuart Armstrong didn't. He took a, a free kick. And yeah. Went straight to the keeper. Um, yeah. Walker Peters had a dive again. <laughs> Amazingly, wasn't punishment. Yeah. Tell had a shot wide. Yeah. There was a. Uh, it was a chance on the counter, wasn't it? I think they went forward and Bednarik cuts out a pass and a dozy starts it off and gives it to Che. Che gives it to Teller. So yeah, um, it's a great run from a dozy. It was, yeah. And then uh, Hazard made the save low down to his left, pushed out for a corner. But yeah, it was more of a tactical battle, though, Tim, wasn't it, the first half? It wasn't thrilling by any means. Um, but there was enough to keep me interested, I thought. And then they actually said um, after 20 minutes, I think, yeah, Che struggled a bit to get into the game, to get onto the ball. And, and Sky put up a graphic saying uh, Che's touches, and he had three after 20 minutes. One of them was by the corner flag, and the other two were just outside our own box. So yeah, it was... Um, quite slow to get him the ball yeah it was I was trying to figure it out so when I was just saying about the midfield I think that was what leading what was leading to just us trying to figure things out and the lack of development when it comes from the the middle third going forward so to me uh it was tactical it was trying to figure things out and they didn't make a mistake which is the biggest thing while they didn't attack or progress or have you know the best uh, final third progression uh, I think that you know holding in and then figuring things out as we saw quickly go into the second half was uh, the right the right play and Martin made the the appropriate moves yeah yeah it seems like a slow tactical first half and it changed suddenly both teams actually they went like kind of almost went to a plan b um, which is which is good because we started very very well second half obviously you know Nathan Teller 49th minute, gets the goal to go ahead. Uh, Adam Armstrong on the run, squares it to Teller, and he slots it away. This one, Kev, definitely a Teller goal from an Adam Armstrong assist. Yeah, no disputing <laughs> this one. Yeah. <laughs> In du- dubious goal committee can uh, take a rest. Um, yeah, no, no, yeah. Rocket from, from Teller. And, uh, yeah, again, 
uh, Adaman were making best use of his pace on running through the final thirds. Um, beautifully squared ball. Um, yeah, it was just a yeah, perfect counter-attacking goal. Um, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> when it gets to the centre circle, um, we're sort of a bit lazy, maybe still sort of euphoric after the after the goal. And the Plymouth managed to just quickly go ahead and do exactly the same as we just done. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, uh, yeah, Ryan Hardy in the 50th minute, 90 seconds or so between between the goals, and it was just, yeah, mm. simple, simple cross, simple touch. And But um, Tim Manning slipped in the build-up to their goal. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure if um, Whitaker would have, you know, had the speed to get past Manning had he not slipped. I think it just gave him you know, right amount of time he made. And I guess the decision was made for him to actually have a go and run down the line. Yeah, absolutely. So with our very high line, uh, Manny was the only one out there and basically in an island. And the pitch, if we saw, I think it was toward the end of the first half, a massive chunk right, right near the center uh, center circle that was yeah. completely, yeah, that was completely lift up. And I didn't know if they had Sixers or even that's allowed in the in championship now where they just have basically the metal studded cleats. Mm. They definitely needed it. And because of the slip, uh, I mean, it was I think it was just more of a better play than uh, than us failing in that situation. And, yeah, slip is a slip. But, you know, you got to be able to counter that. And Shea Charles did his best to try to get over. And it was a it was a really good play by Whitaker, and then eventually the run in uh, for the goal for them. Yeah, an assist for Whitaker, and I noticed that you got him on your bench in your championship team, Tim. So unlucky. He'll he'll slot in, by the way, um, <laughs> oh. because Alvarez because oh, Alvarez is yeah. Uh, yeah right on that. Damn it. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there was a book in for Hardy. He had a, a, a dive uh, when Bazzini came out. And I'm going to be honest, right? I thought that was a penalty. When I saw that in real time, I thought, oh, Jesus Christ. And I was ready I to too. ready to have a go at Bazzini again. You stupid boy. But no, he, um, nowhere near him. Uh, and right, really, uh, and really gets, good decision. gets a hand to the ball as well. Yeah, yeah, very good. So yeah, every, everything I've said about Bazzini the last couple of weeks, I've had to eat my words. So um, yeah, nothing. he's done nothing wrong again. So I have to, I have to say that. Um, but yeah booking for him that was great from the ref because he made that decision straight away he knew he, he must have seen that bang on and he made the decision yep yellow card yeah it's amazing how eagle eyes the referees can be when they don't have the VAR to fall back on <laughs> they've just got to rely on their own site yeah but <laughs> actually watch the game yeah Stu at the bar at one point which was just outside the box he curled one mm. and um that was that got me out of my seat. Something I've noticed as well, like obviously you've got no Ward-Prowse. Uh, Will Smallbone was on free kicks last week with um, with Ryan Manning. Uh, no Smallbone, of course, in this one. So Stu took a free kick, the first one, of course, which we've talked about, went straight down the throat of Hazard. And Adam Armstrong took one and made a well, great, great shot, but an even better mm-hmm. saved him. I know you're a goalkeeper. You've got to appreciate that one. That was a brilliant save. Even Che congratulated him on that. Yeah, I like how Che is a very much a. <laughs> uh, I think he's a very nice player, and he does respect uh, respect the game, and the positioning of his hand uh, itself. I mean, he's going to have a he's going to have the the indent of the of the ball in his forearm uh, after that play. But you're taught to be uh, you're really taught to be able to keep it you know flush with your uh, your body if you want to parry it to the left or push it out to the left but he what he did was because there was so much speed on it he uh, he turned so if you're sticking your left arm out right to your side 
he turned his hand out, uh, outward. And by doing that, it allowed for the ball to skid up over the goal. And with the speed of the shot is what what allowed it to happen. Uh, if it was a much softer shot and he did the same thing, it would have it would have likely you know, hit the post and or gone in. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, good side. Really good. Good side. Um, Kev, one thing I do like about this season uh, is the, the <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think I would have liked it last season so much. Is when they put the minutes up for the added on time, and that seems to be a hell of a lot more. I mean, we saw it in the World Cup Women's World Cup final today. Thirteen added minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a few big stoppages, weren't there? Yes, sure, I get that. But you know, when when it, it's you know filtering down to the championship as well, you know, they're adding on these these, these minimal stoppages, which is great. And when you're chasing a goal, it's always exciting. And when they put up the 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 marker for the amount of minutes that are going to be played in this one. I didn't feel worried because I thought, yes, I feel like we can actually go and get this. Last season, of course, I would have been pooing myself because you know that Saints are going to concede in that time. But with the possession style that we play, you know, we're going to keep a lot of the ball. We're going to see, we're going to pass the ball to death at times. Um, there's a good chance that we can create something in these added on times. And it's exactly what's happened. It's happened in every game this season, I believe, hasn't it? Or close to it. Um, and yeah, I believe that was our eighth corner. Uh, and we got one. Uh, Adam Armstrong with the header. Hazard makes the save. And uh, Adams again, right place, right time. And that's it. 94th minute. Brief. You knew that was going to be the winner. Yeah. Last minute, Martin. You love it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm good, um, fair play to Sam Amaramio for um, winning the corner. Manning. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty good on set pieces, it turns out. Is, is it? Stevens, Jack fucking Stevens gets ahead to it, and then a diamond with the head around yeah. goal. I mean, um, but I mean, somebody takes a touch before Adama gets there, he sort of jumps up and poaches it towards. Yeah, I know Jack. Bits. Yeah, um, but yeah, well, so cool from Adams just to, to chest it down and, and tap it in from the yeah. out. But I thought he was offside. If I'm being so did honest. I, so did I. But then again, once the, once the goal was given, you know they're not going to pull it back. So it was just, yeah. oh wow. But uh, I think looking back at it, I don't think it was. I think the no, guy, I saw it a couple of times. I thought, yeah, I think he's off. But I think if you if you look at it from the angle behind him, he looks offside. But um, if you look at it from the goal side, um, that's fine. Yeah, still. Yes, a win. A good win. Another good win. 2,000 travelling fans go back home happy, which was good. So, yeah, good, good day out. Uh, as I say, went top of the table for a brief while. Uh, but we're now fourth. Uh, so that's seven points. Two wins, one draw, no losses. Scored eight, conceded six. That's going to have to change, isn't it? Especially at home. We're not going to concede four every week, please. I'm not going to do that next week for sure. Uh, Kevin, what interesting stats do you have to share with us today? Oh, good God. Um yeah, I mean, interestingly, um, we're used to a really high possession. I mean, obviously, we, we did pass possession, but it's only 61% this time. Oh, I see. I've got 62, so you're doing us a disservice there. Oh, it's there or thereabouts, isn't it? Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the opposition's really seeing a little bit uh, more of the ball. Yeah, seven, 768 touches. Uh, Jack Stevens with the most, 107. Uh, less than 1,000 passes. Uh, this time, only 546, uh, of which uh, 482 were completed. Uh, and again, uh, Jack Stevens with uh, the best best stats there. I thought you had a good game, Jack. Yeah, yeah I mean, apart from, apart from their goal, uh, Bednarek's closer to um, Hardy running in. But uh, yeah, either of them should be making life a little bit more difficult for him. Um, 
rather than being able to get on the end of that, that cross. Uh, but yeah, like so five corners uh, for Plymouth, ten for Saints. What else do we know? Yeah, fifteen. They had fifteen shots uh, to our to our nineteen. I think in the first half they even had more shots than us. Yeah, see, I uh, think I don't think we've conceded fifteen shots in any game this season. No, but I mean, yeah, only two of them were on target, so um, oh, we, were, we were definitely limiting them. Yeah, see, Adam Adam Armstrong had two shots on target on his own. Uh, yeah, Teller had three apparently. Yeah. He did, yeah. Saved. But yeah. Um, XG, do you know the XG? I don't. Uh, for Saints, about 1.6. Tim? 2.3. Tim wins it. It's 2.1 we had, and QPR had a 1.4. QPR, um, sorry. We haven't Tim. played him yet. <laughs> that's, that's a prediction. <laughs> that's what we're doing now. We're doing the XG predictions, not goals. But yeah, sorry, uh, Plymouth <laughs> have got a 1.4. Um, yeah, brilliant. Uh, man of the match, then. So, I, I mean, I know uh, Shay Charles got the plaudits from the, the official man of the match, uh, but yeah. uh, I'm going to give it again to Adam Armstrong because I mean, he had the most shots and he had two on target. But as I say, Plymouth only managed two themselves. So and I think everyone is really quick to jump on him for a bad game or, or when he's not scoring. But in my opinion, he's been our best player this season. I think aside from from his three goals, it's what he's doing off the ball. I think his work rate is is literally second to none. Uh, his tackling has been on point. I think you know he's also got the assist as well for Teller. Um, so yeah, I just want to cheer him on a little bit more, and you know let's all jump on our number nine and say well done, Adam Armstrong, because I'm going to give him the man of the match. I was really in two minds, maybe even three minds. I, I thought despite slipping up and uh, costing us a goal, I thought um, other than that, Manning had a great plan. Um, so, yeah, unfortunate for that to happen to him. Um, Bazunu. Much, much better. Um, yeah, really good, and especially towards well, the end. I mean, he only had two shots to save. But it seemed, seemed a lot more. I mean, he the saves towards the end to to, to keep it 2-1. So, yeah, fair play to him. But, yeah, I'm going to give it to Adam Armstrong again. And um, we haven't mentioned it, that last-minute clearance right, right at the death. Yes, you won't find that on the stats. I think that just um, tipped over the edge for me. Excellent. Uh, Tim, how about you? So the main of the match that the Sky Sports gave uh, was Shea Charles. Charles. yeah. And recognize that there was a lot of touches, a lot of movement. He was all over the place. Yeah, he got a yellow card, and it was kind of silly. But uh, he, that was he, a handball, really... though, wasn't it? That yellow card was a handball that he, his shirt was being pulled on. Yes, uh, yeah, it was a little ridiculous. Hmm. So to me, um, I mean, that's great. He did. I think he did fantastic after being able to, you know, come into his own. I think he really solidified and was. Well, he actually progressed throughout the game. Uh, but it's got to be Adam Armstrong because not only did he he find the pass to Tella that was similar to how JWP's goal was to Che in the in the the Wednesday game where they just found that little uh, sneak back sneak pass back in after being able to push up he played out of position and then he hustled his in his tail off all day uh, all day long all game long so absolutely yeah yeah that's just a he, he's got to be the man of the match, and I like his uh, I like his story. <laughs> you know, his uh, his recovery, his uh, he's come back, coming into his own now. I guess the championship is is his level. Mm. And uh, it just I mean, before the goal it was about what five five or ten minutes before the goal, I mean, he had an almost identical run up the pitch to the square to a dozy, and the dozy just didn't get on the end of it. Yes, and that, that could have been a goal as well. 
Yeah, he's he's everywhere at the moment, isn't he? But yeah, I'm glad you did mention Shea Charles as well. I know he, as I say, mm. got man of the match, but um, he was what we were missing against Norwich because yeah. he, I mean, there, there was such a big gap between the midfield and the defensive line, and um, he just sort of yeah um, fills that whole group um yeah brilliantly. I, he I, has I, to I, be part of the midfield from now. Well, this is, that, this is just what I was about to say, Kevin. I think I feel really, really comfortable that he's going to slot mm. in and he can stay there all season. No Especially with the high line. I mean, he's not so good getting forward. And, and his, don't need him to be, do we? I mean, that's why he, great, but yeah. he can play a centre-back as well. He's very, very defensive-minded. So I know he, I would like to see him take a shot every now and then. He didn't have any again today, but it's not his game, is it? Sorry, yesterday. But uh, yeah, I, I just think he's got all the right credentials to play in this team all season and, and fill in for, for Lavia and... Uh, yeah, yesterday was great. 100 touches or so, two tackles, four interceptions, 76 completed passes with an accuracy of 92%. Um, he looks to be a real player. He's going to be a really good player. And, and Kevin, he's only 19. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sell him to Chelsea for 100 million next season. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, we're doing a new player ratings thing. We've teamed up with uh, Pundit Games. So, yeah, get involved. And so, so at the end of the game, I'll, I'll uh, post on the socials. Uh, submit your player ratings and you can give them a little uh, a little note and uh, and whatever and we can discuss them on the show afterwards um so i've got the results for this game okay so we'll start at the ends then so on average this is what everyone's been been uh, been responding to on their player ratings so rebo unfairly obviously at the end because he only played 15 minutes or so 5.86 uh, manning kev you said he had a decent game apparently not according to our listeners it was 6.14 followed by yeah. bednarik at 6.36 uh, Bazunu then was 6.43. Stevens quite low down was 6.50. Uh, Amoyamiya 6.50, although we didn't really come up. I think people are still high, very, very high on him. Uh, so they just give him a little bit more than maybe he deserves. Uh, Stuart Armstrong 6.7. Uh, Kyle Walker-Peters 6.8, uh, along with Adozi, who also had a 6.8. Nathan Teller 7.7. Uh, Che Adams, 8.07. Shea Charles, 8.36. And leading the way, Adam Armstrong, 8.43. So a lot of people going for the uh, the same as us and not going with Sky. So good on them. While the team, we have to be uh, we have to be more um, humble about the fact that we scraped away three three goals in the last 80 plus, uh, you know, 10 plus minutes of the last. And we got to realize that there's still a lot of work to do. So while we've won twice, drew once against a Norwich team, looks really good. Uh, we, we have to stay humble and recognize that we're still building and scraping away these wins is what's truly necessary to have a promotion push. Um, I've got another, another response here saying Plymouth uh, was so very happy, uh, was so good, so very happy with three points. A bit lucky, but overall good performance. Adam Armstrong, much more confident after a good start to the season, which is good. <laughs> Manning slightly dodgy in defence, but good in attack. Up the Saints. Um, another one says, our identity is getting stronger with every game. Uh, we dominated possession again and showed resilience when conceding so quickly after scoring. Uh, we are, uh, we also are showing how to be patient. Uh, stats speak for themselves. We should have scored two or three if Teller and Stu put their chances away. Uh, good result in a tough place. Adams is so good when he's onside. Uh, not exactly perfect, but I think the absence of Alcaraz in the middle was a bit bumpy. Adam Armstrong really looks like a great player. His effort is unmatched. He looks to be half-decent defender when called upon up the Saints. Uh, good to see us with decent possession again and having chances. Loving the championship. Uh, and the last one just says decent. 
So, uh, good. Yeah, keep them coming. As I say, we'll put these out after every single game. Uh, so give you, give them a, a, a match rating and then you can put a comment down and we'll read it out. So, yeah, it's good to hear from you anyway. Uh, and, Tim, we'll go into this uh, QPR preview then if you are ready for this. QPR uh, next Saturday, Saturday, the 26th of August. That's a three o'clock kickoff and it's in St. Mary's. It's at St. Mary's. Tim, if you start off with their nickname. I thought that they were just called the Arses. Tim, take it away. Oh, thank you very much. So QPR, uh, I think it's they're just going to call the Rangers. At play. The, Ar- the Arse. The Arse. The Arse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last season, they barely scraped by by finishing 20th in the league. They had by far the worst second half of the season, and they had quite an amazing first half. And so for the first quarter, they were within the playoff uh, positions uh, with under Michael Beal. And he eventually left to the other Rangers, in the Scotland Rangers, and brought in a completely different style and type of manager. And that is Gareth Ainsworth. So ultimately, they limped over the line, got what was necessary, and got a little help from the teams who were, uh, you know, dock points because of financial issues. So uh, some couple of new transfers that they had, they actually didn't ha- pay for any transfers coming in this season. So Decent business, uh, decent. Yeah. <laughs> So, but they have two, I would say they have four main uh, stalwarts. I mean, by stalwarts is championship players uh, or championship level players that they brought in. Uh, Asmir Begovic, at 36 years old, is their goalkeeper who replaced an outgoing signing of Senny Diang, uh, who was sold to Middlesbrough for, I think it was just over two million pounds. Uh, so uh, obviously 36 years old, long term, uh, it'll be uh, interesting, see, interesting to see how he does, but he had nine saves in that first game against Watford. Um, so, so far they started off, he started off pretty well. Uh, the remaining three signings, signings, Steve Cook and Jack Holback come from Nottingham Forest. Well, Steve Cook comes from Sheffield United mm. and then Morgan Fox, who, uh, was their left back, um, that they, uh, started in the last three games. But another major, major outgoing was Rob Dickey, a center back who went to um, Bristol City. And so far this season, they started out, uh, they got spanked 4-0 to Watford. It looked uh, disgusting. It looked terrible. It looked like they're going to basically be set to be relegated. And I think a lot of people are predicting that. Um, but the next week, they nicked a win against Cardiff. That's the joy and the, the craziness of the championship, albeit Cardiff doesn't look Ter- you know, amazing this season. Uh, and then they lost to Norwich in the, in the Carabao Cup. And then they lost in basically in the uh, the last uh, quarter of the game against Ipswich 1-0 at home. Um, so Ipswich obviously looking pretty good. And we'll be able to talk about them come September. Uh, so looking at their manager, Ainsworth, uh, hoofball, you know, <laughs> the littlest possession to be expected, as uh, we saw from his Wickham team for 10 years that uh, they, didn't, they don't play to keep the ball. It's, in fact, they play better without the ball than they do with it. Uh, so just this past week or against Ipswich, or so yesterday, 62-38 to 38 possession against them. The other games so far this season were 65-35, 68-32, uh, uh, and then the Watford game, 71-29, uh, meaning uh, for promotion, uh, possession against them. Uh, what are they going to look to set up? It's a 5-3-2 with a true sweeper. You don't see that too often. Uh, And that's Steve. Yeah, they'll have a true uh, sweeper in Steve Cook. And the only time he'll go up is actually for for corner kicks, uh, which, you know, they that's going to be their strength under Ainsworth. They want to have direct play. They want to have set pieces. 
And surprisingly enough, they have three players who are fairly creative, uh, Sinclair Armstrong, Chris Willick, and uh, Ilias Chair. Um, and so what is their weakness? And the formation and the style and the setup that Ainsworth has is not being able to get uh, that much out of the creative players that they have. So I think you know there's going to be some disconnect there, and I could see especially potentially chair leaving in the uh, in the in the upcoming window. So let's hope that uh, there is some uh, rumors for transfers to him, so he wouldn't play, which would only be a help to us. And so you know, looking at the key players, uh, chair is definitely uh, you know I think he should be playing for Ipswich Town and not for uh, not for QPR uh, being the chair boy. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Wickham. Yeah, Wickham are the chair, chair boys. Yeah. Wickham should be playing for the chair boys. Uh, Ipswich are the tractors. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, Begovic, uh, 36. Ooh. I mean, he's a great, he's a decent shot stopper. Um, you've got Lyndon Dykes, who's a scary scary man with all yes. of his tattoos. Um, <laughs> And Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris Willick, and then I, their young player who's the scored their goal, has his goal and assist so far. That is Sinclair Armstrong. Uh, look for him to be a complete menace up top and be one of the, the probably the fastest player that we've played against. So take a look okay. back at his highlights. Yeah. And the only major injury that they have is Jimmy Dune, who's one of their main main center backs. He's been out long. He's going to be out long term with a shoulder injury. Uh, no suspensions that had. Oh, they've got they've got a key injury at centre back. Did you say? Yes, they do. Okay. So Jimmy Dune's going to be out long. Like he's going to be out long term. Uh, a few a few months, he had sort of some shoulder surgery. Good. Um, I don't mean that yeah. actually. That's not that's not a nice way to say it. But that's only going to help us surely. Yeah. Yeah. So going into the prediction, wow, it's going to be tough because it is completely contrasting styles. And Ainsworth knows how to park the bus pack the box and be able to close down those spaces. And you look at Martin's lineup and his setup, it's basically to have these small passes break through the, break through the lines, which they're going to be so compact. It's going to be really, really tough and knowing how to sit deep playing without the ball. And then they do have the players like uh, Willick and Sinclair Armstrong. And uh, even if chairs does start that can break on the counter and they have that creativity. So, with our suicidal high line, uh, I think there's going to be something crazy like 85 to 15 percent possession. It could be even higher than that. We could even break a record of, you know, how many passes. But it's not going to look good for the uh, the prediction. I don't think they. I think they're going to oh. be able to nick one uh, and get one, and it's going to be a one-one draw. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. No, I wasn't expecting that, Tim. You've kind of turned me actually. Kev, you're up, anyways. I'm quite confident going to this one. I thought. Um, I think we're going to have to see. A home win. Um, I still don't believe we can keep a clean sheet. Uh, mm. QPR, they've only, they've only scored two goals so far, and we've scored about 40 million. So, um, yeah, 3-1 <laughs> Saints, why not? Wow. Okay. See, now, Tim, I, I did actually have a 2-0 uh, a Saints, thinking that we were going to keep a clean sheet. Um I think I put 2-1 first, and then I think I changed it to 2-0, so I thought I don't really have anything to worry about with QPR. But um, did you did they, did they say they lost 1-0 to Ipswich? It was 1-0, was it? Yeah, they just lost 1-0. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I tell you, it, it was one of those um, games that if we played them last season, if they were both Premier League teams, obviously, then it would have been 0-0, wouldn't it? It would have had 0-0 written all over it because they would just park the bus and Saints wouldn't be able to break them down. But I don't know, this season, I, I think... 
I, I like the idea of dominating someone at 85% possession. We're going to create something, even if it's shots from outside the box. So I do think we're going to win. Um, dare I say one now? No, I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say two now. I'm going to yeah. I'm I'm going to say two nil Saints. Good shit, you son. The cliche the cliche out there is to you, know, you got to get a goal early to be able to you know to break it down. If we get a goal early, they are going to have to open themselves up more to be able to sure. you know, get that get that uh get that second chance or get that potential uh you know sh- shots on goal here and there. So if we're able to get one say within the first 15 20 minutes, it it we, it, it can be an absolute fire hose and breakdown for them. Yeah, uh, I don't think true. I don't think that'll ha- I don't think that's going to happen because I think our midfield is still an issue where there's disconnect and it's going to be just like Plymouth where it took us a few uh, you know it took us the entire first half to figure things out. Yeah, I think we're going to have to be patient and I think if we need to, we're just going to have to get Kai Walker Peters to dive again and try and get a penalty. Um, <laughs> He's going to yeah. get sent off one of these days. <laughs> yeah, um, excellent. Right, okay. Uh, we go on to the Discord then, the predictions that are from the Plymouth game. Um, I thought I did well with my 2-1 Saints prediction. I thought, here we go. Uh, but it turns out a lot of you guys went 2-1 as well, and you did count. Yep. So um, yep. along with Kurt Supple, Dan Fox, Tim Brucker, uh, Sir Tommy Belch, great name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> kindly Is that a Shakespeare character? I don't know. Well, we, again, we're going to have to ask Sir him. Toby Belch, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, we did Shakespeare last week, but yeah. Was that uh, Midsummer Night's Dream? I don't know. Um, um, no, it's uh, another it's comedy, isn't it? Uh, Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night. Okay. Yeah. Rusty. I just Macbeth for me. But yeah. Um. Yeah. And kindly platypus as well. Uh, so well done to everyone there. We've got two ones. Uh, Tim Brucker continuing his impressive start as well. You got you got Shepherd Wednesday two one spot on like me. And we got Plymouth two one spot on also like me. But he actually predicted a Norwich draw. He obviously didn't go four four. That would be crazy. But yeah, uh, he went for a one one. So he got points in that one also. So he's uh, top of the league on twelve points. So keep on brucking, Tim. Well done, Tim. Yeah. Uh, Super six. Uh, round two is still in progress because obviously there's games going on now. Speaking of games going on now, Everton are getting absolutely ripped apart by Aston Villa. Who does that? Three uh, nil. Uh, so yeah, that, Everton are definitely going down. Four nil now. Sorry, Everton are definitely going down. Um, and West Ham of uh, James Will Prowse is playing for West Ham against Chelsea, but there's no sign of Lavia, not even on the bench. So I was hoping that those two were going to meet up, but no, he's obviously not not match fit. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Super Six as I say, still round two still going, but uh, round one uh, was won by Stephen Allen, Dave Jones, not the Dave Jones, uh, and Jason Lewis on 13 points. Fantasy football fellas, how well have you two done this? this week i'm sure you're going to tell me how bad i was i've got 28 points at the moment uh McAllister got sent off that was nice uh <laughs> giving me negative points and uh mitrovic has fucked off to saudi, saudi arabia so he doesn't score me anything has he really yeah i didn't know that no. ah well, i think I he was injured know. anyway but um yeah well okay tim i got 32 um i started yao pedro so with him rotated out and only coming in in the uh the last 20 minutes then getting a yellow card on top of it is not going to help is not did not help me <laughs> out but i had get, i've got four players still remaining uh two chelsea two arsenal uh Cole, gabriel saka and nicholas jackson Gabriel hasn't so, been playing so far two well, minutes he, he didn't yeah, he didn't start, and Durian Timber did, but Durian Timber tore his ACL, so Gabriel's probably just going to slot right back in. Um, so uh, I decided to keep him in my team, um, and yeah, so Cole, 
think we'll, we'll see uh, we'll see how it gets on look at the league I'm right in the doldrums of my partner's league uh, Jamie Allen is top uh, your bottom I'm sorry to say yeah I know I, I have taken a few penalty points this week with some transfers and I've got my uh, I, I wanted to go for a different approach this season as I say it's not working so I've made a few transfers mm. I did I pulled the trigger and bought Harland in like everybody else um uh, so yeah, hopefully I can I can claw something back. But yeah, as I say, it has cost me some penalty points. I didn't want to. You haven't missed Harland. anything this week with Harland. No, I just really suck. I, I'm no good at uh, fantasy football. Stuff. But there are some people who are. Um, and it's, again, it's the same names coming up this season. 137 points for Sheku Dumbia, his Galactic FC. 127 for Dan Buck and his absolutely fabulous. And just one point behind is Paul Gilliam, the, the Grand Canarian Saint. Uh, a gaffer. I'm doing actually a little bit better there. I'm, um, oh. I did all right this week, actually. I'm bearing in mind I, I um, didn't take part in week one. Um, so I'm clawing my way back up. I've got 75 points this week. So I think that's a, that's a league high. That's good, yeah. Looking really good there. Uh, Trey Adams is captain, got... I must admit. Well, that was the... That... <laughs> Thomas Asante scored as well. I've got him up front as a, in, a, in a front three. So both, uh, well, two of my three up front scored. So that was nice. Yeah, I've got um, Armstrong captain again. He's done, he's done well for me so far. I seem to be averaging about 60 points a week. Which is, I was top. I don't know if I asked still am. Have a look for you, Kev. Who's top of the league? Yeah, yeah, I'm still there. Still top of the league at, yeah, uh, with bit. 60 points this week. Nice job. Yeah. Not as good as Oh no, Mark Kenyon got 78 points this week, so he beat me by three. So. Mm. Hey, um, you've, you've, oh, you've missed a week, so you've um, jumped straight I, in. I have you? missed a week. Yeah. That's amazing. Only two weeks. I'm, 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 sick from, I'm sick from the league, so it's. Roddy's had a Mark Kenyon had to use a power up to get a to get to 78. I see. They parked the bus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. Um, Mumbo, um, he's he's a defender. Defend- <laughs> he's a defender in my team. Yeah, he's a defender in my team. Is why I put him in there because I know they use him as a forward. So yeah. he's still he's still a defender prices. So yeah, stick him in. That's uh, I wasn't going to tell you guys that, but yeah. No, he's fucking mental. Isn't it? You already yeah. know. <laughs> I told but you I he's week one. He's a Tesco uh, Alfonso Davies. Yeah, <laughs> it was always the same. It was always the same with um. Yeah, Stuart Dallas at Leeds, wasn't it? He was play, they play him as a midfielder, but he's a he's a left back on the uh, on the game or a defender on the game rather. So, yeah, that was always a good one to put in. Yeah, okay. So next week uh, we shall talk QPR and Gareth Ainsworth, and yeah, that should be a fun one. Uh, and we'll preview our trip up north to the Stadium of Shite to face Sunderland. Uh, we also have our first awards of the season to give away: uh, the Gold and Player of the Month for August. Uh, so, yeah, look up for that. Again, look out for the player ratings and get involved with that. Get your predictions in on uh, the Discord. Uh, and, yeah, and until next week, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the fucking scum. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Podcast Network.